Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Well, enjoying my part-time gig as the American presidential election correspondent. We'll turn it over to a guy who's really good that in an hour when Charles Adler takes over. Still looking for new vote totals coming in from Arizona in Georgia. I can tell you that uh, as of about a half hour ago, Georgia's Secretary of State saying there are about 122,000 uncounted ballots in the states. A few hours ago, it was 185,000. And uh, Trump still leads Biden by 39,000. So Biden would have to uh, do quite well, obviously, in the remaining 122,000. But Georgia still up in the air as America is in the process of picking its next president. And again, Charles Adler will have you covered starting at 8 o'clock tonight. William Lagason gets a two-year contract from the Oilers worth $725,000 per year. I was just reading on the site here for the Edmonton Marathon. Uh, I usually run the half marathon every August. So the the people who run the marathon are saying that they want to decide by mid-January whether or not they want to proceed with the race in August. So they want to decide a long time ahead of time for August of 2021. We may get John Stanton from the running room on the show before the end of the week to talk about that. And um, he can also give you some tips for uh, running in the winter, whether you're on a treadmill or you try to go outside or you hit the rec center. John always has lots of advice. Clearly your routine can change a little bit when the weather starts to cool off. With, with all this uh, election stuff going on, you know, we're trying to cover it as best as possible. So I got a call from one of the big wigs at Chorus Entertainment, and they said, Reed, we need reporters on this. So we need you and Bob Stoffer to go to a couple American cities to cover. And this was all so rushed. So I'm just telling Bob this now. So they said, one of you can go to Las Vegas. And I said, well, I'll take that one. And then they said, the other guy can go to Philadelphia. And I said, I I know Bob Stauffer would love to go to Philadelphia because, Bob, I know you have so many strong opinions about the Liberty Bell City. I do. Uh, It is uh, one of my least favorite cities uh, and part of having the privilege to go to in the National Hockey League. Uh, I have a, a friend in the media who's exceptional that is based in Philadelphia. Uh, and if he worked for another national network, would be on my show weekly, uh, but he does not. Uh, and I'm watching Pennsylvania with quite a bit of uh, interest right now. It's, a, it's an amazing story that's taking place. And, Reed, all you need to know is tonight, Mac Football, uh, the Mid-American Conference, has, they've got games on Tuesday and Wednesday night because they have to, because nobody would watch them on Saturday when the big boys play. And uh, I am told that if Vegas was open to bet on the election, that the NFL would become the Mac football of gambling in terms of that's how much interest would be out there uh, in the United States. So I, I there, there's an old saying in the radio business, you got to go to the mouth of the lion. 
And over the last three days, the mouth of the lion has been this story that is unfolding in front of us in the United States with this election. It's uh, It's been quite incredible to, to, to watch and read. I, I You know, there, there's a guy we can learn from that uh, you can watch on CNN, and his name is John King, and he's tried to be as nonpartisan and po- as possible in his reporting. And the work that he's done in the graphics that CNN has to explain to us how various jurisdictions vote has been incredible. And uh, uh, this, the stuff he did last night was just fantastic. And he was right. I, I went to bed last night. He was on it. And when I woke up today, he was on it. I'm like, this guy's pretty good. So there is a lot to learn there, Reed. I stayed up until just after 2 a.m. and I think that's when he got subbed out for somebody else at, at 4 a.m. Eastern but he's excellent I was talking about him earlier he reminds me of Howie Meeker or John Madden in the early days of using a telestrator on sports broadcasting and someone texted in and said I, I like John King and his technology but man he's repetitive and I said to that texture I, I get it but I've been there you've been there I mean you and I have sat at drafts Bob and there's been times where We've looked at each other, and it's like, hey, we're halfway through the sixth round. It's, it's, it's <laughs> what do not we the, say? Well, what do we it, say next? <laughs> it's not the drafts because the drafts we have Jack uh, assisting us as well. The the drafts are at least somewhat rolled out and structured. To me, it's more comparable to you spoke about running that half marathon. You ran one a year ago. Uh, when Ken Holland had his first free agency day. And uh, you ran one in the morning and then came right and joined me at uh, Roger's Place when we still used to go to Roger's Place. And we did uh, that July 1st. And, and this year it was October 9th. And, and to me, what because you don't 100% know what's... You think you know what's going to unfold, but you don't 100% know. The draft is a little bit more like every team gets now. It's gone from 15 to 5 minutes. So, But I, I'm with you. I, I get the point. It is. It can be a little bit monotonous. I think the guy is exceptional. And the thing that I appreciate, even though you've got listeners that think that CNN's too far to the left, the majority of those leftist listeners would suggest Fox is way too far to the right. What I liked is it was nonpartisan in terms of his approach. And uh, and I just, I mean, how the guy, and yes, he had a little bit of help in terms of the graphics, but he had a pretty good fundamental understanding oh. of every aspect of the United States. It, and, and that is, as you know, as a guy who's gone down there, Reed, Americans tend to be a little myopic in terms of their appreciation for where they're from. Uh, which is why the Canada West Sports Information Director beat the American Sports Info Directors at NCAA Trivia at the Kasai event, College Sports Information Directors of America, back in uh, uh, 2004. And don't think I didn't rub it in either, because I did. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't even know this story. You got to tell it now. Well, 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 where where were you? Give give okay. us everything here. All right. So Jack Newman from Calgary was the big push for college sports information directors of, of America. It's called COSIDA. And in the States, the SID job, sports information director job, that's about $150,000 to $200,000 a year job. In Canada, it's an afterthought because you got to do things like have three volleyball coaches with one program making north of 100000 bucks. I digress. And so anyhow, uh, I'm not naming any names. Uh Anyhow, we we decided we had a couple pops after Doug Mitchell did this big speech and talked about how great the province of Alberta was. And it was awesome. And I loved it because I love the province of Alberta. And he said, you know, Alberta has more uh, post-secondary uh, education students per capita than any other state or province in North America and talked about the economy, which was very good in 2004. And then we played a little game of football trivia at the bar after. 
And they all knew their own conferences, but they didn't know outside of their conferences. And I started drilling them. And I'm, you know, and and you know how much of a NCAA college football fan I was. So then after I I had won and got like nine out of a possible ten questions and beat them to the punch, in you know I was l- a little less modest then than I am now, Reed. And you know what it's like working with me and how incredibly modest I can be on a day by day basis. And I I said to Michael, this is great. Here's what we're going to do. You know, you guys, uh, they're like, man, do you ever know college football? I'm like, yeah, because we're inundated with everything that's American in uh, in Canada through U.S. television, that sort of thing. But in fairness, guys, I, I think we need to do CIS hockey. And the look on their faces was just, it was, read. <laughs> How many schools would, could they name? <laughs> oh, they, 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 they couldn't hardly name any. You know, and then and then I told them about how successful the U of A's programs were at that time. And then I opened up. By the way, guys, I should mention this. I'm doing an afternoon drive sports show as well. And then they're like, oh, okay, I get it. So you conveniently didn't tell us that you occasionally talk about this sort of stuff. So, uh, but I made that Mac reference uh, to tie in the six degrees of separation because, you know, right now politics is a sport in the U.S. Uh, some would say it's too polarized. And in, in Canada, we know this, that the number one sport, despite the tremendous growth in a bunch of other sports and, you know, uh, a guy like Chuba Hubbard, NCAA college football at o- Oklahoma State and, you know, Alfonso Davies and before him, Steve Nash and all that sort of thing. Hockey's still number one here. And that works well to the Oilers' advantage because they've got an incredibly passionate fan base that lives with the team. And they're going to need it because we're going to have some challenges, Reed, coming back from this uh, stoppage. Well, I had Emily Kaplan on the show. I mean, and she and Greg Wyshynski have written a couple of great stories. They they got the anonymous quotes out of the bubble late in the playoffs, and they, they got an extended piece on on what might happen for, for next year. I, I mean, yeah, I, I it's interesting. Everything that's happened, like you, you had Scott Housen on. I, I, I played some of that. She talked about that as well, that AHL teams in the States might have to come to Canada to help their affiliates get players when they need them so you're not worried across about the border i I, other other things that are trickling down i was really interested to see uh jake neighbors say that he's going to go to the brook bandits um in the alberta junior hockey league i mean that'll brooks is already usually a great team so that'll help them having jake so there's all these little fallouts and then um you and i didn't even talk about this on air yet the, the U of A Golden Bears, Bob, are going to play as many games on national television in a year where they don't, in a year they don't have a season, as they would have in a year where they would have won the national championship. Because there are two games against the Canada Development Team for World Juniors, the the selection camp, are going to be on TSN. And usually, if they go to nationals, the semifinal and the final are on Sportsnet. And for the semifinal, sometimes it's a maybe if it's on nationally. So, I mean, a whole bunch of things that are, are being tinkered with because of everything going on. I actually had a conversation today with an NHL general manager about, geez, you think we can get in and go watch that game? Because he was unaware that it was going to be the U of A. You know this because you were watching the game uh, at that time as, uh, you know, a big part of uh, Oilers now with me. The last time the Bears played the Canadian national team, they got up 3 nothing against them in the first five minutes of the game and cruised to a 4-1 victory and turned off needs to be stated turned off the gas a bit because they wanted to play him again so uh that is a, a an interesting storyline how about dylan gunther playing for the shirt park crusaders too i mean well, that too a, yeah there is yeah. a draft eligible guy that i mean i'm a little i'm a lot disappointed that jake's not in the camp 
for the World Junior Team. I mean, there's a player in the Quebec League that's gone through two NHL drafts and has not been drafted as a forward. So NHL organizations did not think he was a, a draft-worthy player. Hockey Canada has invited that guy. He's got 10 points in four games in the queue over Jake Neighbors, who was a first-round draft choice at St. Louis. Uh, I guess they must know something more about that player than the 31 NHL organizations did. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on here, Reed. A lot, I mean, a lot, in, in what appears to be a quiet time, Reed, there's a lot going on. Well, there's always something to talk about, even if it's if it's speculation and we're getting little drips of information. Lagason today, Cahoon on Monday. Uh, I, I know you had Rupp talking about Cahoon. We had Phil Bork who said, hey, top nine, not type, top six, which I still think is fine for the Oilers because I've, I've said that I still felt they didn't have a true third line last year. And Lagason, Bob, to me, if he's an organizational 8-9 and keeps getting experience in the AHL, and and he has a lot of games under his belt. If he has to come up and play 2030 in the NHL, I'm fine with that. And a couple textures wrote in and said, you know, maybe Seattle jumps on him depending what con- type of contract they want to claim next year. Yeah. Uh, in Lagason's case, his uh, agent Alan Walsh kind of waited the situation out, got him an extra 50k in the minors uh, that, as that negotiation went on. Um, so I mean, the I mean, he might be the number seven D to start the season here. We don't know. Um, but I'm with you. I think your your rating of him is bang on, and you're getting him tomorrow, by the way, because uh, he's gonna, not going to be available during the show. So he's an eight nine for me. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, and then in ter- terms of Cahoon, I mean, Michael Rupp was a little bit more um, positive about where Cahoon might fit in. Uh, he 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 actually thought that the Penguins outthought themselves and uh, thought that uh, there was pretty good uh, chemistry between Malkin and Cahoon. Uh, and contract again, you know that uh, the Oilers and Cahoon were in discussions, and then it went dead when in assigned. I believe Cahoon was offered a two-year deal. I believe he can get to that price point on that two-year deal. He signs a year at Edmonton, sees how it goes, and then maybe re-signs and gets a little bit more in the second year. And that's the way all these deals are being structured, anyways. Hey, Edmonton's got way more depth read up front. There's no question. They have some question marks on defense, and I have some question marks on goal. That's a fair assessment from the fans' perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think five on five, they should be better. I, I'm as bullish on the power play as anybody. Probably comes down to goal prevention, but I still think they're uh, they're a playoff team in the same range as they were last season. Buddy, are you ready for the quiz for Stoffer? I know this is one of the highlights of the week for you. It is, and we gotta you gotta explain that there's no discussion, there's no cheating on this. Uh, no, I don't even tell you the topics ahead of time until right. just just now. All right, uh, are you, are you going to go on uh, the Alberta gotta, report? The Alberta report on campaign donors at the provincial uh, <laughs> level. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sure, Bob. Yeah, that's well, next week. Next week, you look forward to that. Which I, I got two topics. Which one do you want first? The 2002 NHL draft, Oilers related, or athletic presidents? Let's go, athletic presidents. What sport did Gerald Ford play football at the University at, of Michigan? Played football at Michigan. <laughs> yes, there you go. You nailed that one. He's, a He's the only athletic president that I know, so take it for what it's worth. Well, a lot of the other guys were on – it's, it's interesting. A lot of them were on the cheer team. George W. Bush uh, said he was played rugby and cheerleading. Yep. Obama – uh, likes basketball, but it's there are dubious reports as that him uh, that he actually played at Occidental College. Though I think he's a, probably a pretty good pickup player. Uh, Clinton allegedly played rugby, but I don't know. Uh, you know, obviously well, it's there's, Ford. There's, there's no question that Clinton was a player back in the day. <laughs> 
We'll leave it and, at that. And, and frankly, a little bit understandable. Anyway. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, all right, 2002 NHL draft. We're going to tie this all together here, buddy. Okay, does it have to do with uh, Gerald Ford? All if you pull that off, you're amazing. No, I did. I did not connect that uh, Gerald Ford to the 2002 NHL draft. I'll tr- maybe I'll try to have uh, three questions of the same theme next week. Um, what American Hockey League goaltender did the Oilers draft in the fifth round, and what AJHL team did he play for in the 2002 NHL draft? Yeah, I would have covered this guy oh, while I, I was know, working in Lloyd. I, I know this guy, so this shouldn't count. Glenn Fisher. You know him personally? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Glenn Fisher, great guy. Uh, smart. I think I think he's uh, a money guy. Uh, anyways, uh, was with Fort Saskatchewan in the Alberta Junior League and went to the Denver Pioneers. Outstanding goaltender. I, I used to I used to watch him play. He was uh, he was really good. We should get him on one of our shows. He'd probably be fun to talk to. He's a smart guy. Real smart. Real sharp guy. All right, you got both questions. Uh, you, you nailed it. I don't think you gave you, me the easy. A... You gave me the easiest presidential. By the way, every night, uh, my daughter, myself, and my wife play three rounds of uh, Jeopardy. And Tori is seventeen now, and she's starting to uh, she, she's starting to beat me a bit. So I'm getting a little nervous that well, I may have I may have created a mo- either that or I'm starting to lose some of what I want. I think it was John Short told me, uh, um, you know, I've forgotten more than you'll ever you'll ever know or something like that years ago. And uh, I still defer to John on that sort of stuff. But uh, I think I'm about to go play uh, a little bit of Jeopardy here in the next half hour. Have fun, and don't forget, next week, Thursday, Friday, the uh, Masters, so it will, there will be golf questions when we have you on next week. Oh, not exactly. Yeah. Uh, in my wheelhouse, <laughs> and uh, we look forward to having you on on Monday, Reed. Okay? Okay. See you, Bob. That See is Bob Stoffer checking in tonight. Oilers now, every day, noon to two here. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. On 630 Chad. Love having Bob on. I do enjoy the quiz for Stoffer, but he was absolutely on top of those today. It is 722. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Appreciate you tuning in. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Fun chat with Bob Stoffer. Always enjoy talking to him. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's, it's a small thing that brings me joy coming up with the, with the, uh, with the quiz for Stoffer all the time. Really enjoy it. Uh, 7804960063 is the number to call or text. We're going to follow a couple other stories here in the next half hour of the show. The Northlands Coliseum throughout the years known as Edmonton Coliseum, Skyreach Center, Rexall Place. It, it, it might be torn down. 
But uh, former Mayor Stephen Mandel doesn't want that to happen. Paul Sir with the Alberta Basketball Association does not want that to happen. They need courts, so Paul's going to check in with that story. It's always good to talk to him. And unfortunately, the ACAC, the Alberta College League, will not play. They were hoping to play in 2021, start up in January. That will not happen, so we'll we'll find out why. We had uh, Mark Kozik, uh, Kozik on the show a few weeks ago, who's the CEO of ACAC, and he said they were holding out hope and maybe they'd be able to do it, but today they called it off. So we'll find out what went into that decision. we got a break for the news. Don't forget, Adler's coming up at 8. He'll have all your election coverage back after the news. Still expecting new vote totals in Arizona and Georgia. Uh, The gap narrowing in Georgia over the course of the day. Trump's still ahead, though, by about 39,000 with uh, about 122,000 ballots still to count. So there would have to be a pretty big surge there for Biden. He is at 253 electoral votes. Trump at 213. 270 is the goal as we bring in Paul Sir from the Alberta Basketball Association. Paul, I was saying that this is, is what is it, the, the ELAN system, ELAM system in basketball, where you pick a score once once there's four yeah. minutes left in the game? This, that's, that's the electoral college. You just got to get to that target score. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. There's no popular vote in the U.S. You you have a completely different uh, baseline that you have to work from. It's uh, a long-standing tradition, right to the infancy of the country. Many people think it's outdated, but it is a tradition. It, it is. What I was going and look, I'm not. I'm not expecting you to, to wade into. Uh, politics in terms of, of of who either of us likes but i mean we've talked about your basketball history which includes playing uh at a high level in the united states so do people w- when you live there and you obviously still have family and friends there do they debate the electoral college do they think maybe we got to move on for this or is it just kind of like well that's the way we've always done it it's, it's polarizingly uh, read because a lot of people do think it's time to move on and just go to a popular vote but there are a lot of traditionalists, a lot of constitutional traditionalists who really like and uh, almost have reverence for the system that's there and in, uh, for a lot of people. And this is really why the Electoral College was founded uh, when the Constitution was written, because the, the founding fathers didn't want it to be based just on a popular vote because of giving the advantage to large metropolitan areas and taking away some of the some of the power that they perceived belonged in the hands of the smaller community. So, uh, yeah, but, but a lot of people think it is time to move on and just go to a more accepted popular vote format like the rest of the world, uh, for the most part in, in democracies, uh, in, it carries forward. Yeah, you got the Electoral College. Uh, they don't want to pick up on the metric system. <laughs> I could go on and on. Still, you know, still feet and inches, Reed, down there. Still feet and inches. I still feel like to tie this into basketball, which we're going to talk about, it's it's kind of like if, if they decided in the early days of basketball, you know what, it's always going to be the peach baskets. We're going to get, need the ladder. 
to, to climb up. We're never going to cut a hole in the bottom. Forget about nets. We're not even going to cut a hole in the bottom of the peach basket. That's yeah. what we use. What's a net? <laughs> what's, what's a net? That's, a, that's a good comparison, Reed. A lot of people uh. would share that opinion. All right. Well, that's that's the big story of the day. But again, Charles Adler's coming up uh, at eight and he'll go deeper into that. We are bringing you inside sports tonight. And th- there is a lot to talk about. Look, uh, the Northlands Coliseum, as it was known for a lot of its history, home to a lot of great hockey teams and events over the years. And uh, it might be torn down, Paul, but uh, you're part of a group and you're with the Alberta Basketball Association. You, you're, you think there, there, there's a use here for the facility. Can you put it in your own words, your vision? Absolutely. Uh, when the Stingers came to uh, Edmonton a couple of years ago, and I had checked out the Expo Center over the years to see if there were any way that uh, the large halls there could be utilized for sport, and I saw a dilapidated uh, Hall D that uh, had had that that would fill a need, Reed, that we don't for a facility that size in the city, the thirty-five hundred to four thousand seats arena and when the stingers came with the cebl an expo in the city of edmonton stepped up renovated it and have slowly and steadily been improving it uh myself and some of my peers in other sports uh james rosnell from the uh alberta athletics jim plaskas from volleyball alberta and others many other sports where you know we're all looking for additional spaces to play in and we started targeting expo but then we started thinking and then started connecting with Steve Mandel, with Brian, uh, the late, great Brian Anderson, and talking about, you know, there, there is still so much life left in the old Coliseum, and we've seen places like, uh, you know, in Toronto, Maple Leaf Gardens, uh, in Montreal, in the Forum, uh, and, and one that is uh, a complete parallel, and that's Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri that have had old stadiums repurposed, reused, and turned into venues that really help define a city. And so uh, the, this group, uh, we are looking at asking council to delay the uh, bylaw passing for the imminent destruction of the Coliseum, but, which is part of a, a, a very ambitious plan. But we, we feel we have something here worth exploring to bring multiple sports into that coliseum and take advantage of the area now what's is it is it tomorrow they want to make a decision already or what's the timing of the politics here well over the last four years uh a a group has been working with council uh doing a lot of work in in creating a vision for the for the area and and they've come up with a 30-year vision and part of that vision reed is to is to uh, take down the Coliseum and redevelop the lands. And I, and I won't go into that. It, it's a very ambitious plan. A lot of very smart, thoughtful people have put a lot of energy into it. Uh, it involves the expansion uh, across 112th of Concordia University of Edmonton and a lot of other, uh, a lot of other plans as well. But we believe, our group believes that there, there's a life in this in the Coliseum that we can create a multi-sport combination facility that will service the north side and the entire city with with courts and non-ice sports. This does not involve an ice plant. 
It is me- it is meant for other sports in the city. And uh, with the growth in basketball, uh, with schools becoming uh, more and more uh, reluctant to be accessible to the basketball community that is growing so fast, with volleyball being as fast growing as it is and as popular as it is, with athletics, which, which has a combination of great participation, but also along with volleyball and basketball, drawing great sport tourism events. We think we have, we, we, we want to believe we have a formula, read that could repurpose this facility and make it a sports hub that would take up not only the Coliseum, but also spill over into Expo. So we could create one of, one of the best, if not the best, sports, uh, sports and sporting events uh, facilities in Canada. So we think we've got something here, and we've got great partners, great spokespeople. I mentioned uh, Stephen Mandel. Uh, we're working with Clark Builders. And so what we're asking council to do is give us 90 days to put a, a business case together to show if or if not this can be done. Okay, and when are you gonna, and have they given you that 90 days? Uh, we'll find out tomorrow. So that's what Council you find out. Okay. Okay. Hearing, a final hearing tonight. We uh, spoke last night, and then uh, the decision will be made tomorrow. And we're we're very hopeful. We had a great dialogue with council. We uh, certainly took a lot of questions, but sensed a lot of uh, you know, a lot of positive curiosity about this because, as you know, Reed, over the years, many groups have come forward with ideas on how to uh, repurpose the repurpose the old Northland. None have been accepted, but my, my response would be two quick things, Reed. Number one, it's never been our group, and we think we have something unique and special that ties into fast-growing sports and high-usage sports that there's a tremendous need for, and not just a need for, uh, for like, let's say, City League or youth basketball teams, but for community as well. The north side, if you go over to the Commonwealth Gym, it is always packed. Castle Downs always packed. We do not have enough capacity. And for a lot of kids, it's really difficult for them to travel from the north side down to Savile. It's a very it's a very daunting trip for them, and they need something in their neighborhood. So that's just one of many aspects of this that we have we have tremendous plans for. Well, Paul, look, I know if you're involved, it's it's thought through and it's organized and you have a vision for something bigger and better. So I'll definitely follow this tomorrow and uh, and we'll see if you get the 90 days. This is definitely an important story. So thank you for giving us the, the update on what's going on. We do appreciate it and all the best uh, with you and Mr. Mandel and the other sports organizations here. Really appreciate it, as always, Reed, and it was fun talking a little American politics with you as well. <laughs> there we go. That is Paul Sir. That is Paul Sir from the Alberta Basketball Association, also the managing director of 3x3 Basketball Development with Canada Basketball. Known Paul for, uh, man, over a decade now. Energetic guy, smart guy, uh, believes in the community, believes in uh, in developing athletes and giving athletes a chance to play, and that's what he's you heard him explain it. If you, if you live in North Edmonton right now, the court space simply isn't there. And that's why uh, he and volleyball and athletics and uh, former Mayor Mandel think that that could be a use here for uh, for what used to be Northlands Coliseum instead of tearing it down. So I'm sure we'll have an update on that story in some capacity tomorrow night here on Inside Sports. It is 744. Always happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins. 
R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. The Alberta College Athletic Conference will not have a season. They were hoping to get going after. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the Christmas break, what happened? Why? You'll find out when we get back. Seven forty-seven. Roland writes in. He says, "Hey, Reed, how come Vancouver kept the older Pacific Coliseum on their exhibition grounds, and we want to turf both here? You can never get them back." I think that's a good point from Roland. And uh, Greg says, "The last event at the Coliseum was an Iron Maiden concert. Love that place. I didn't realize that was the last event there. I knew they still kept having concerts after Rogers." opened so uh there you go a little bit of a tidbit there from greg appreciate it seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three good to catch up with paul sir we'll see what happens with that story if they get a 90-day extension to uh to see what they can put together to turn the coliseum and area into some kind of uh, sports grounds could be cool well i'm going to welcome uh mark kozak back to the show he's the c he's the ceo of the uh acac Mark, Hello, thanks for coming you? on again. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming on. I got to admit, I'm a little bummed out about your story tonight because uh, we talked a few weeks ago and you were hoping to get all the sports going in January. And uh, now today you've said it, it's it's going to be a no-go. I know it's a tough decision. Maybe tell us uh, what led us down this road. Yeah, yeah, Reed. You and I and a whole bunch of uh, student athletes and coaches and supporters are all a little bit uh, down today about the decision we were uh, kind of put in a position to make. And, you know, I, I have to admit uh, right off the get-go that uh, we, 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 we didn't want to go down this road. We were hoping that there was something we could do to offer a season of play, some sort of modified season. But in the end, uh, you know, health and safety and the well-being of our students and the community uh, takes higher priority than, than offering sports. So we thought we could pull it off and that we could balance uh, offering some sports and, and do it in a safe, resp- responsible manner, but uh, it just didn't seem possible. Okay, so what happens with eligibility? I don't know how many players have athletic scholarships, but all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the good news for the athletes is we're going to take care of them. Um, my understanding is that every institution is honoring their um, their athletic scholarships. Um, the government of Alberta has the uh, the Alberta Athletic Awards that we provide to uh, the student athletes, $1,800 a year for balancing their academics and athletics. And we just got word actually last week that they were going to honor those scholarships for our student athletes this year as well. So, so the kids will be taken care of, the athletes will be taken care of. Um, you know, obviously they're going to be disappointed because they, they want to play more than anything. And, uh, you know, we've already received a, quite a bit of response on social media. But uh, as I said at the outset, you know, it's something that we were kind of put in a position because of the circumstances of COVID. It just doesn't seem to be improving. And, uh, you know, we have to err on the side of caution. 
What about uh, what, what about golf and soccer and cross-country running? Are they in the same boat, or could they be pushed into the spring? You know, that was our plan. Uh, we had uh, intended to do our, our uh, tournament sports in the spring, at least the fall ones that we had cancelled, and we thought that we could pull it off. Uh, this decision today means that the entire season is wiped out. So, uh, no, we're not going to do anything this year. Um, and, and even next year is, is under some, uh, some doubt. We'll, we'll evaluate over the next few months to see what's possible. And, you know, I think just like this is the broader society in general, we want to see COVID, uh, the situation with COVID improve and fewer cases and uh, less concern for the community. So if that happens, then we'll be in a better position to execute a plan to offer athletics. Is there any provision possibility for teams to play exhibition games, neutral site games, little tournaments? Could that be on the table? Yes, yes. In fact, that's, uh, you know, this uh, this decision really came down from the, uh, the senior administration of the institutions, and, and they're the ones that bear the responsibility for the health and safety of all the students, and not just the student athletes, but everyone. And, uh, you know, when we did have some communication from that group, um, they did tell us that they would uh, be okay with uh, non-conference play. So I expect that there will be, uh, you know, the teams are, most of the teams are practicing and they were all getting ready for uh, what they thought would be a modified season in January. So I expect that there will be some exhibition non-conference play here and there. Um, Certainly not structured, but, um, you know, I think at this stage, any athlete would tell you that they'd rather play some sports rather than no sports. Okay. How how many schools, let's just, how many schools play hockey, for example? Yeah, we have eight schools playing hockey, and uh, we were actually down to uh, the last three men's hockey uh, programs that were still preparing for a season. Um, So there will be at least uh, those three or four, I think, that will still continue to play. Okay, and uh, how many basketball schools do you have? Yeah, we have uh, 15 basketball schools and 14 volleyball schools. Those are our two most popular sports. Yeah, yeah. Does McEwen still still play anything in the ACAC? No, no. McEwen left this past year. So this was. They're totally Canada West now. Okay. Yeah, totally Canada West. That's right. Okay, because at first they were just in what? Cross country and basketball in Canada West, I think. And then they They announced soccer. No, no. They were in soccer, volleyball, and basketball. And uh, then they added hockey this past year. And uh, and they they terminated a couple of BCAC sports to focus on those team sports. Okay. Well, I appreciate the update. You know, Mark, it's, it's, and again, I, I, I'm going to say the same thing I said to you or that, or that I said to Ryan Bartoshik from the Alberta Junior Hockey League last week. I, I appreciate that you're available and that Ryan's available and that the commissioners and CEOs of these leagues will come on my show. But I've done this long enough that I know if you're talking to a commissioner or a CEO, probably something bad has happened (laughs) so you know i I don't be offended if i hope that my next acac interview is with the player or coach (laughs) i won't be offended at all and maybe uh someday we'll have a chance to talk about something positive and uh, uplifting yeah well i but again i'm glad you guys tried and and you stayed with it as long as you could and we're hoping to get something going in 2021 because i do think there's been some leagues that might have might have pulled the plug a little too quickly but i i I know it's uh uh i I know it's i I know it's tough like do do all your coaches in the acac also teach at their institutions or do you have some you know community coaches for lack of a better term yeah, yeah. No, there's, uh, we call them off-campus coaches, so uh, they typically have jobs in the community and then they invest a significant amount of time and energy to coaching on campus because you can imagine it's, it's virtually a full-time job coaching. 
Uh, so the majority are, in fact, off campus. And, uh, yeah, for a lot of them, you know, I mean, obviously it's not, as, uh, it's not a financial, um, uh, financial loss not being able to uh, have a season. But, you know, they, they care as much as the athletes about the season and about the sports. So for them, they're going to have the same disappointment that an athlete would have. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, Mark, thanks for doing this. Keep in touch and all the best. I really appreciate the update. Thanks for all the support. We appreciate it. Take care. Okay, so yeah, no ACAC. That's too, that's too bad. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, you know, Nate, uh, Augustana, um, you know, Red Deer College, places like that, uh, that, uh, you know, Lakeland out in Lloydminster and Vermilion, where I used to work. So they're not going to have a sports season. That's that's too bad. Uh, I mean, good quality of sport and, uh, you know, good quality of education for all those student athletes. So it's too bad they're not going to get going, but they hung in there. They, they tried, but ultimately they just uh, cannot make it work. That was Mark Kozak. He's the CEO of the AC. AC. So yeah, right now for, for things that are coming up now, we did get a text earlier. The, the, for example, some junior B leagues are going, the Alberta junior hockey league is going to start November 13th. That's next weekend already. Gord Thibodeau coaches Fort McMurray, the oil barons. He's going to be on the show tomorrow. So he can give us some insight into what's happening there. But uh, yeah, at the pro level, we have the NF- the NFL. Certainly, Major League Soccer is, is going on. That's not something I follow a, a lot. Maybe some of you uh, you watch that, but they've been playing out their season. But kind of the NFL has the uh, the big part of the stage, the the main stage, I guess. If it was a music festival, they'd have the main stage, and then there'd be uh, there'd be a small uh, <laughs> a smaller stage for some of the other sports would be performing, and the NFL you know, charging through some of the COVID situations. The San Francisco 49ers have had to shut down their facility, but their uh, game tomorrow is still a go as they're going to be taking on the Green Bay Packers who are having an excellent season and things have kind of fallen apart for the 49ers. Kittle and Garoppolo both injured and looks like they're probably going to fall out of it in that uh, good race in the NFC West. All right. Well, so we touched on... uh, a little bit about the NHL's plan with Emily Kaplan. Bob Stoffer was on. We had a good chat. Paul Sir on what might happen with Northlands Coliseum. We'll update that tomorrow. And if you miss anything, you can go to the show page on 630ched.com. You can sign up for the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Remember, we'll try to get you an Inside Sports canned ham whenever you sign up for uh, for the podcast. Kellen, you know what we should do? Mm. Whoever loses the American presidential election, we should send them a canned ham as a consolation prize. That's a great idea. That's what we'll do. We'll either send one to Trump Tower or does Biden still ride the train for two hours every day? We could just put one on some train for him. We could Maybe send him to the Amtrak offices in Delaware yeah. and he'll get Just it. say, attention, Amtrak, give this to Joe Biden. Or, or else we just take one to Trump Tower and leave it on the front step. Sure. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's close. It's close in a few states. Is Biden going to get to 270 tonight? Can Trump... You know, perhaps rally in Nevada, hang on to Pennsylvania. Lots of storylines. Charles Adler coming up with that story. I will talk to you at 6 tomorrow night. Really appreciate you listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.